0: What is up, everybody? JT Sports here, back at you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about what new Falcons wide receiver Brian Edwards brings to the Atlanta offense, why the New Orleans Saints are the biggest sleeper team heading into the upcoming 2022 NFL season. I'm also going to be giving you guys my first year expectations for new head coaches Kevin O'Connell with the Minnesota Vikings and Josh McDaniels with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT sports podcast welcome I appreciate you for tuning in make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms you can follow me on instagram at JT sports underscore and on twitter at JT sports underscore underscore lastly if you haven't already make sure that you are subscribed to my youtube channel which is JT sports a couple of days ago, the Falcons made a trade for former Raiders wide receiver Brian Edwards. The Raiders traded Edwards along with a 2023 seven-round pick to Atlanta in exchange for the Falcons' fifth-round selection in the 2023 NFL Draft. Now, if you're a Falcons fan, what are you getting out of Brian Edwards? Well, you're getting a wide receiver that is really big and physical. He's 6'3", 212 pounds. He is a really good jump ball wide receiver. If you need somebody who's going to go up and get those tough 50-50 grabs and a good red zone target in the back of the end zone, Brian Edwards definitely is that guy. And for the Falcons, they probably have the biggest wide receiver core in the league and if they don't have the biggest they have one of the biggest a lot of their wide receivers have a lot of size and length you look at all tate drake london who they recently drafted in the first round of this past year's draft and now you bring in brian edwards it's going to be really interesting to see how these wide receivers fare with all this size and then on top of that brian edwards is somebody who had a lot of potential And there weren't really too many Raiders fans who you could find who were happy about this trade. Many Las Vegas fans felt like they would love to have kept him around, but it just wasn't going to be a good fit because they already had a lot of talent and depth at the wide receiver position. And it didn't really look like Brian Edwards was going to have that much of an impact in Josh McDaniel's offense this season. So they did the best thing possible, shipping him off, and they got a fifth round selection in return out of it. For Atlanta, you have a wide receiver who has the potential of being a really good wide receiver one in this league. I think with a little bit more development, a little bit more polishing his route running, he could end up being something serious. And when you talk to Head Coach Arthur Smith of brian edwards he said that he's really good winning outside of the numbers which brian edwards is probably a really good 50 50 ball wide receiver as a matter of fact you probably could say that he may be the best jump ball wide receiver who the falcons currently have on this team at the moment then you look at what he's able to do in the red zone he's a really big red zone target and coming out of south carolina the expectations for him were pretty high however his rookie season he dealt with injuries and then last season, when he had the opportunity to step up for the Las Vegas Raiders, he didn't really get that many targets. However, last season he did have 571 receiving yards, catching 34 receptions and three touchdowns as well. But many Raiders fans had high expectations for him. And although he didn't live up to those lofty expectations that they have for him last season when he had the opportunity, Many Raiders fans were looking forward to seeing what he could do with another year in Las Vegas with Derek Carr. But Josh McDaniels, I guess him and the general manager, looked at Brian Edwards and said that, you know what, we got to get rid of him. We don't really have a role for him in this offense. And he was a third-round selection in the 2020 NFL Draft and for the Raiders, They have pretty much declined all the fifth-year options of their former draft picks prior to Josh McDaniels arriving. And on top of that, Brian Edwards is another draft pick from that draft class that didn't really pan out. You look at David Arnett, he's no longer with the team. Henry Ruggs is no longer with the team. And you can add Brian Edwards along with the list of players who haven't panned out from that 2020 draft class with the Raiders. However, With him going to the Falcons as a fresh start, this definitely could be what he needs to jumpstart his career. He had a really clutch catch against the Baltimore Ravens earlier last season on Monday Night Football. It ended up initially being ruled as a touchdown, but then they went back and they reviewed it and they brought it back out. But... I look at Brian Edwards. I think that he could do big things in this Falcons offense with Marcus Mariota. And I know Marcus Mariota doesn't strike you as a quarterback who is going to take a lot of shots downfield, but you look at Arthur Smith, somebody who puts a good amount of emphasis on running the football, you get the run game going. Then you get the play action pass game going, which is going to open up one on one opportunities with Brian Edwards downfield in those situations where he's going to have the chance to go up and get those jump balls. And the only knock that I could really find that Raiders fans had against Brian Edwards was the fact that he's not the fastest wide receiver, so he doesn't create a lot of separation, however. When you have somebody who's really good at going up and getting those contested catches, do you really need to create a lot of separation? Because he's mainly going to be used when it comes to taking shots downfield. So I think for the Falcons, you got a really good bargain. You traded a fifth round pick for somebody who has tons of upside. He's going to be a physical wide receiver. Although he doesn't bring a lot of speed, he does bring... Uh, element to this offense now where the Falcons probably have the biggest wide receiver core in the NFL. You already have Alden Tate, Drake London. Now you bring in Brian Edwards. It's going to be really interesting seeing how this wide receiver position fares with the opposing secondaries that they're going to be matched up against. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but the average size of the starting cornerback in the NFL is around 5'10, 5'11. You look at the wide receivers that the Falcons have Drake London, Tate, Edwards, all of these guys have immense size, really big. On top of that, We can't forget about Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts had one of the greatest, if not the greatest rookie season that we ever seen from a rookie tight end. He's gonna have a big role in the offense also. So additionally, I'm really big on on acquiring players who have a lot of upside a lot of untapped potential because when you bring in these types of players like a brian edwards all you really need to do is to somewhat develop them and put them in the right role in your offense and they can end up blossoming into something special and I think that is what the Atlanta Falcons are banking on with Brian Edwards and I think it can happen as a matter of fact I drafted Brian Edwards on a lot of my fantasy football teams last season and I kept him on he had a couple of solid games but you're looking for a little bit more out of him. So what are the expectations for Brian Edwards with the Atlanta Falcons? Well, we don't really know right now because we don't even know what role he's gonna have in this offense. But I definitely feel like if he ends up getting the starting nod, with Marcus Mariota at the helm or even with Desmond Ritter at the helm, they're going to find ways to get him the ball because all you really need to do is just to throw the ball downfield to him and he's going to go up and make those catches nine times out of ten. However, if he can become a better route runner and become better when it comes to creating separation off the line of scrimmage, I think you end up having one of the best wide receivers in the league if he ends up being able to improve in those areas, ends up hitting on his potential that hasn't yet been unleashed at least not with the Las Vegas Raiders. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about this move down in the comment section down below. Do you guys feel like Brian Edwards is going to do big things with the Atlanta Falcons or is he just going to end up being somebody else who just doesn't pan out, gets traded to a new team and still doesn't do anything? Let me know down in the comment section down below. Every year I do a segment called my biggest sleeper team in the NFL. Last season, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. The year before that, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers again. And the year before that, 2019 or 2020, I believe it was, it was the Denver Broncos. They ended up disappointing. But before that, it was the Buffalo Bills. So I pretty much have banked on all of these besides one team, which was Denver. But you look at the New Orleans Saints, I'm really surprised because you look at the over-under win totals. I've seen seven or eight wins for the Saints. And I'm kind of surprised because you look at what this team did last season. They were really solid when Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback. As a matter of fact, they were 5-2 and two until he went down with that injury against the Buccaneers. Now with Sean Payton retiring, even though this team... Did get better in the offseason, in a sense. They did lose a couple of key pieces. Marcus Williams left for the Baltimore Ravens in free agency. You also lost um to Ron Armstead. your starting left tackle to the Miami Dolphins. However, you did a really good job replacing those guys. You brought in Trevor Penning in this past year's NFL draft. He's going to end up being the future at left tackle for you. Then on top of that. Dennis Allen is going to be taking over at head coach and replacing Sean Payton, who recently retired. Now, Dennis Allen, this isn't his first ever head coaching gig. He was a former head coach of the Raiders a couple of years back from 2012 to 2014. Didn't have much success Went 8-28 during his tenure there. However, it was a Raiders organization that at the time didn't have Derek Carr or Khalil Mack. They were still rebuilding. So now... He has the opportunity to get another shot in a better situation with a way better team. And on top of that, him and general manager Mickey Loomis made sure that they did the best job possible when it came to making as minimum changes on the coaching staff. So this is pretty much the same coaching staff that Sean Payton had, albeit you have a couple of guys who may not have returned. But you still do have the majority of people on this staff who are with Sean Payton, and they wanted to keep that. They wanted to make sure they didn't have a big overhaul on the coaching staff, and I really like that because not only is that going to help Dennis Allen because he doesn't have to go out and do the interview process of trying to Interview officer coordinators and defensive coordinators are trying to figure out who he wants to bring in. You pretty much already have a staff in place that has been successful because you look at their offensive coordinator. Pete Carmichael. Pete Carmichael has been with the franchise ever since Sean Payton arrived in New Orleans back in 2006. He has called plays for the Saints the years 2011, 2012, and 2016. And all those years that Pete Carmichael has called the plays, he's been really excellent in that role. So you already have your offensive coordinator situation taken care of. I don't expect a drop in the offensive production. Even though many people have been saying that, well, JT, the only reason... Jameis Winston was good was because of the Sean Payton influence I understand that however you have Pete Carmichael there I don't really think anything's going to change offensively I still expect the Saints to be one of the better offensive teams in the league on top of that you have to give a big round of applause to Saints general manager Mickey Loomis Mickey Loomis probably had one of the greatest off season that we have ever seen out of an NFL journal manager. Remember where this franchise was at, at the start of the off season, they were negative $75 million in cap space. And we were wondering how they were going to be able to even field a competitive football team. Well, some way, somehow Mickey Loomis worked some magic and the saints went from being negative 75 million under the cap to being, Having cap space around 12 million at the moment. Not only that, but even though they did lose some key pieces they replace marcus williams with marcus may then you bring in honey badger and free agency this defense looks really good as a matter of fact new orleans potentially could have one of the best three defenses in all of the nfl this season then on the offense side of the football the biggest concern for new orleans was their wide receiver position well you get chris olave out of ohio state in this past year's nfl draft and you sign jarvis landry now we don't really know the status of michael thomas some reports say that he could play this year some reports are still saying that he's still progressing However, even if MT doesn't suit up this year or it still takes him a while to get back, I think for New Orleans, if you are a Saints fan, you definitely have way more confidence in your receiving core going into this season compared to what you had last year because last year, things were really rough. Now, you did have Marquez Callaway, who I liked a lot. I'm hoping that he still has a pretty significant role in this offense However, you still do have one of the best offensive lines in the league, even though you did lose left tackle to Ron Armstead, and you don't really know what you're going to get out of rookie Trevor Penning, you still do have Andrus Pete, center Eric McCoy, right guard Cesar Ruiz, and right tackle Ryan Ramzik. Now, Cesar Ruiz, sorry if I mispronounce his name, I'm trying to pronounce it as best as I can, but... He's probably one of the better interior offensive guards that we have in the league right now, and he's kind of underrated because nobody really talks about him that much but I really like him a lot then you have on the defensive side of the football you got Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Marshawn Lattimore Paulson Adebo at corner, Bradley Roby Deuce Deuce, Chancey Gardner-Johnson, and P.J. Williams so this defense has a lot of depth, a lot of talent at pretty much every single position when it comes to the defensive line when it comes to linebacker, you have Demario Davis who is a top five linebacker in my opinion you have Pete Warner. Then I didn't even know that the Saints signed Marcus May in free agency. I didn't get any news on it. Not too many people reported on it. I found out the Saints signed Marcus May this morning when I was looking at their death chart trying to figure out how I was going to talk about them in this video. So you look at New Orleans overall, this is one of the more talented teams in the NFC. And I'm really surprised that their win total or their over under is only eight, seven games. Because if you ask me, this probably would be my pick to win the NFC South over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who also are going through a coaching change as well. Todd Bowles is going to be taking over for Bruce Arians who recently stepped down, who who took a front office role. I look at New Orleans, This was the team who gave the Buccaneers a lot of fits. And then, not to mention, when you had to play them without Sean Payton and Dennis Allen had to step up as the interim head coach, they won that game 9-0. So, I look at the Saints. This is a team that definitely is getting overlooked by many people. A lot of people are going to say, well, JT, I don't trust Jameis Winston. Dude. Dude. Jameis Winston was having the best season of his career before he got injured okay he had one of the best touchdown interception ratios in the league let's not also forget that this is the same Jameis Winston that outplayed Aaron Rodgers week one of the NFL season Jameis Winston was solid and bearing anything crazy I expect Jameis Winston to pick up from where he left off Last year, despite the injury and whatnot, Jameis Winston is going to be fine. And yes, I am biased because I am a Jameis Winston fan. For those of you guys who don't know, Jameis Winston is my favorite player in the league, but I still have a lot of confidence in him. And you look at how effective Jameis Winston was last season, despite the fact that he didn't have the greatest group of wide receivers to throw the football to. Now you improve the wide receiver position, and the offensive line is still really, really good. Then you have AK back in the backfield this offense should still be fantastic on top of that it should be even better than what it was last season although you did lose Sean Payton you have Pete Carmichael there so the drop-off shouldn't really be that huge if any at all I'm not really expecting the New Orleans Saints to have a drop-off offensively if anything their offense should be a lot better and not only is their offense going to be better but their defense is going to be even better because remember When Jameis Winston ran down, the Saints were going through quarterback. You had Ian Book, you had Trevor Simeon, and the offense was kind of struggling to really get anything going, so the defense had to come on the field for a little bit more plays than what they would have liked to, and they still were able to get big stops. So this defense was able to be that good last season, considering how many plays they had to come on the field. Imagine how good this defense is going to be this season when now they're actually going to have a little bit more time to rest on the sidelines versus having to come back on the field after the offense going through and out or turning the football over. If you're a Saints fan, you should be really excited about this team. Now, when it comes to the Super Bowl conversation, I think you're making a different argument because we haven't really seen first-year head coaches make it to the Super Bowl in recent memory. I'm not saying that Dennis Allen couldn't be the first Of this decade to do that. However, I'm not expecting this team to be competing for the Super Bowl this year. I do expect them to make it to the playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning this division. Because you look at Tampa Bay, yes, Tom Brady is returning and whatnot, but The Saints have had the Buccaneers numbers over the last couple of seasons and no team plays the Buccaneers better than New Orleans. And Dennis Allen is a big reason for that because he normally has really good defensive game plans. He gets pressure on Tom Brady. He also is pretty good when it comes to making Tom Brady make mistakes, which is something that we don't really see that often. Tom Brady is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. So Dennis Allen definitely has Tom Brady's number. And although he hasn't had success in the past, as a head coach this is a different situation We've seen plenty of head coaches fail at one spot and then go on to be really successful at the next spot. And general manager Mickey Loomis did a really good job of putting the necessary pieces for Dennis Allen to be successful. With the Raiders, he didn't have the pieces that he has right now. Sometimes you can be a good coach, however, you don't get a chance to show it because you don't have all of the necessary pieces around you. Then you gotta remember, the Raiders at the time were one of the worst organizations in the league. They still are one of the worst organizations organizations in the nfl despite making it to the postseason this is new orleans this is one of the best and most well-ran franchises that we have in this league so dennis allen has a really great coaching staff one of the best coaching staffs in the league he has a really good front office behind him and one of the best teams in the nfc so if he fails i'm going to be extremely surprised because there's really no excuses for him if you go and you look at this roster there's not too many weaknesses now there are question marks but there aren't really any big question marks the only major question marks you probably going to have are okay Trevor Penning when he was coming out he was more viewed as a developmental offensive tackle prospect somebody who probably would have to sit for a year or two and develop but if you go to the right team and with the right scheme, you're good enough to start right away. I think Trevor Penning should have a pretty solid rookie year. He may struggle from time to time, but overall, I don't think he's going to struggle too bad that he's just going to have to end up being benched or whatnot. I think he should be pretty solid there. And like I mentioned earlier, with the Jameis Winston doubters, remember, he had, at the time before he got injured, this team at a 5-2 and record, on top of the division, along with the Buccaneers, and he was about to have a career game against the Buccaneers, I just saw it in his eyes, he threw a touchdown before he got injured by the way also, so you look at Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston is going to be fine, that's pretty much the main big reason that people don't believe in the Saints this year, because I kind of feel like if you are a Saints fan, you probably have bigger areas of concern when it comes to Dennis Allen versus Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is going to be okay. Dennis Allen, how good is he going to be when it comes to managing the clock? How good is he going to be in late game situations? How good is he going to be in one possession games? What decisions is he going to make? Knowing when to go for it on fourth down, when to kick a field goal. Those are going to be the kind of situations that I'm going to be having a really big eye on when it comes to Dennis Allen. But from a roster standpoint, this probably is the most talented team or at least one of the most talented teams in not only the NFC, but in the NFL And if the Saints miss the postseason, it's going to be on Dennis Allen, in which I expect them to make a coaching change immediately because there's no excuses for why this team should not be in the playoffs. And then imagine if Michael Thomas is able to come back and he does play. Oh, my goodness. This team is going to be something special. So, don't sleep on the New Orleans Saints this season. I think that this team is the biggest sleeper team in the NFL heading into the upcoming year. And the only team that I have only missed on has been the Denver Broncos back in 2020. But it's not like we all weren't drinking the Kool-Aid on the Denver Broncos. We were all excited about what Drew Locke could do after having a pretty solid rookie season in the first couple of games that he played in. Nobody was expecting him to kind of stink it up the way he did. So you look at Denver, that's the only team I've really been wrong on. So I have a pretty good eye when it comes to spotting sleeper teams that can end up being really good. And I think the Saints could definitely be that good. You have Pete Carmichael as your OC, been really good as a play caller in the past. He's going to be the guy who's going to be taking over for Sean Payton as the play caller. Then on the defensive side of the football, you have two co-defensive coordinators. You have Chris Richard, and Ryan Nelson, and I think that these guys have pretty good chemistry, they used to play college ball back at USC, so I think the defense is also going to be really good, on top of that, Dennis Allen is probably also going to have a little bit of an influence when it comes to game plan and whatnot, and overlooking and overseeing what happens on defense, so the defense is still going to be really good, if not, it should improve with the fact that the offense is going to be a lot better, and it's going to give the defense more time to rest, so Let me know how you guys feel about the New Orleans Saints down in the comment section down below. Do you guys feel like the New Orleans Saints are the biggest sleeper team heading into the upcoming NFL season? Let me know down in the comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube. First year expectations for Minnesota Vikings new head coach Kevin O'Connell. Now, O'Connell has been the officer coordinator for the Rams since 2020. And although he never called the plays, he had a really big role when it came to strategizing and building up the philosophy of the Rams offense. Sean McVay holds him in high regard. As a matter of fact, when Brandon Staley was first hired as the head coach for the L.A. Chargers... He tried to interview O'Connell for his officer coordinator spot. However, Sean McVay blocked the interview because Sean McVay holds him in a really high regard. And he basically said that, hey, even though he doesn't call the plays, he has a really big role in terms of what we like to do offensively. And we would at least like to have him for one more year. And this was a perfect fit for O'Connell because he's going to a team that has a lot of talent on the offensive side of the football and on top of that they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football as well intriguing to see how the defensive coordinator for Minnesota is going to fare this year because Minnesota's defense hasn't been that great over the last couple of years despite the fact that they do have talent the defense never really has been able to perform And it's kind of the main reason why Mike Zimmer ended up getting fired because the defense was a large reason why Minnesota missed out on making it into the postseason last year. You look at O'Connell, what is he going to bring to the Minnesota Vikings? Well, he's going to put a big emphasis on the run game. He's not solely just going to rely on the outside zone, which is a big staple of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay's offense. He's going to implement different versions of the run game. You may see a little bit of outside zone. You may see some inside zone as well. You're just gonna see a lot of different variations when it comes to the run game. And the passing game is probably going to be Probably more of a quick attack, probably trying to get Kirk Cousins the ball out fast, quick, out to guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, spreading the football around and attacking the defense. Then on top of that, we already know there's going to be a lot of pre-snap motion. We're probably going to see a lot of 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets. And just because he comes from Sean McVay's coaching tree probably doesn't mean that he's going to do the exact same thing that Sean McVay used to do, He, but he's probably going to add his own spin on things. And if you're a Vikings fan, you have to be feeling really confident about O'Connell because sean mcveigh's coaching tree has been pretty successful so far zach taylor just got done leading cincinnati to the super bowl for the first time in decades so the coaching tree for sean mcveigh has been pretty good even though we have a pretty small sample size of it you look at o'connell and you listen to him and how he talks in his interviews he knows a lot about football this dude is a football nerd He also used to be the former quarterback of the San Diego State Aztecs during his college years. So he also has played the quarterback position and he has gotten the most out of guys like Matthew Stafford. And it's going to be intriguing to see what he does with Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins' future was a big question mark heading into the offseason. Some people thought that he was going to end up getting traded, but they ended up extending him. And he's going to have a really big season with Minnesota because this offense is going to do so many great things. The offensive line already is pretty solid. You probably have one of the best wide receiving cores in all of the NFL Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne is starting to come on as of late. But I really wanna see what he's going to do with Irv Smith because Irv Smith is super talented. However, he doesn't really get utilized all that much in the offense. And with more 11 personnel sets, I think that we could see a potential breakout year out of Irv Smith. And it doesn't really make any sense why the talent of him, of his hasn't really showed yet probably because there hasn't been an offensive coordinator that has tried to utilize him that much so I want to see what we're going to get out of Irv Smith this year and O'Connell's offense on top of that I'm really excited about Minnesota overall they have The potential to make a deep playoff run this season because Kirk Cousins had a really good year last year and a lot of people like to harp on Kirk Cousins call him overrated but last season you could make the argument and say that Cousins played like a top 10 quarterback and if not a top 10 quarterback at least a top 12 quarterback which is really good and I'm so tired of The national media saying that Kirk Cousins can't win big games. If you go back and watch Minnesota last year, a lot of games they lost was because the defense sucked, not because of Kirk Cousins. Hopefully O'Connell can get Kirk Cousins playing at an even better level than what he did last season. And maybe everybody will open their eyes to how good Kirk Cousins really is because we saw what happened with Matthew Stafford when he got traded from Detroit to Los Angeles Rams. We saw how the national media's narrative about Matthew Stafford shifted really quickly. Remember what the narrative was about Matthew Stafford during his playing days in Detroit? Oh, you mean... Matt Matthew Stafford, all he does is pad his stats. He doesn't do anything. He just gets a lot of good yardage and garbage time. Well, Sean McVay ends up making a couple of calls, ends up trading Jared Goff and says, Hey, man, we're going to give you Jared Goff a couple of first round selections for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford gets traded to Detroit. The rest is history. Matthew Stafford is now Super Bowl champion and now all of a sudden everybody considers Matthew Stafford to be a top 10, almost top 5 quarterback. But for those of you guys who have been watching football before that, we already knew that Matthew Stafford was a top 10 quarterback. It's just that he was held back by a bad organization in Detroit. I think the same thing can be said for Kirk Cousins. Now, the Vikings are not a bad organization, not as bad as the Detroit Lions. However, with Kirk Cousins now having an offensive-minded coach, you're going to have somebody who's going to strategize and build the perfect offense around what Kirk Cousins does best. Kirk Cousins is pretty good off-play action, bootlegs. That's really where he has the most success as. Then, You already have a solid group of wide receivers, not even a solid group, but an elite group of wide receivers. You almost had two 1,000-yard receivers. If Adam Thielen could have stayed healthy last season, he probably could have easily eclipsed 1,000 yards. Vikings fans, you have a very good head coach in Kevin O'Connell, at least what it looks like on paper. Now, we haven't really seen Tim coach a single game in the NFL yet. We don't know how his time management is going to be. We don't know how he's going to handle certain big moments. However, what we do know is that you have a head coach who is going to be really keen then on the offensive side of the football, and you're also going to have somebody who's going to be very detailed. We see Sean McVay. When he talks football, he doesn't skip over any parts. He's really detailed. He pays attention to the small things, and the small things are really important because the small things add up, and the more small things that you keep adding up, you end up building something big. Really excited for Kevin O'Connell and what he's going to do with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm expecting this team to make it to the postseason. And if they don't make it to the postseason, then it's going to be a really big disappointment. You look at this team from a talent standpoint on the offensive line, solid. Defense should be pretty solid this year. This is a playoff caliber football team. On top of that, you're playing in a pretty weak division. Outside of Green Bay, we know the Chicago Bears are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league this season. You look at Detroit, they might push Minnesota. However, the Vikings should still be a good enough team that they should be able to get into the playoffs this year under Kevin O'Connell in his first season. And if Kevin O'Connell is able to get the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs, and let's say they win 11 games he probably could be in the discussion for coach of the year so you guys let me know how you guys feel about kevin o'connell and this hiring down in the comment section down below what are your first year expectations for him going into year one with minnesota first year expectations for josh mcdaniels with the las vegas raiders the raiders finished with a 10 and 7 record last season They were one of the biggest stories in the NFL, with interim head coach Rich Bissaka as their first-year expectations for Josh McDaniels with the Las Vegas Raiders. Last season, the Raiders finished with a 10-7 record. They made it to the playoffs where they were defeated by the Bengals in the wildcard round. This was a team that overcame a lot of adversity last year. You had the incident with Henry Ruggs, John Gruden. Then they had a cold stretch where they just went absolutely cold. And they just looked like they were done. But then out of nowhere late november which i tell you guys all the time late november after thanksgiving is where the real nfl season begins that's where we start to see teams separate themselves this is where we start to see playoff teams separate themselves and this is where we start to see the pretenders separate themselves from the contenders and the las vegas raiders were one of those teams that ended up getting really really hot the end of november and the whole entire month of december and they ended up finding a way to get into the playoffs You look at the hiring of Josh McDaniels. Initially, everybody was like, okay. I mean, this was a long time coming. We knew that Josh McDaniels eventually was going to get another head coaching gig because, as we already know, his first head coaching gig, with the Denver Broncos also another AFC West team didn't go well and his only couple of seasons as the head coach in Denver he had a 11 and 17 record and where did Josh McDaniels go wrong the first time he was a head coach well first of all he was very young he was inexperienced and on top of that he made a lot of mistakes he tried to run the Broncos as if he was in New England and of course, that's where a lot of Bill Belichick disciples and a lot of coaches from the Bill Belichick coaching tree go wrong because they try too hard to replicate what Bill Belichick does to be successful in New England, and they never try to become their own person. For Josh McDaniels in Denver, he was so much—he was trying to be Bill Belichick 2.0, pretty much, and it didn't work out because you see the reason why the bill Belichick coaching way works is because he wins you see it's easy to get players on board with whatever you're doing and whatever you're trying to implement when you win but when you're losing the bill Belichick coaching way doesn't really work so for josh mcdaniels that's ultimately well one of the reasons why he failed in denver the first go around however It seems like he has learned from his mistakes. He's had a lot of years since to reevaluate himself and improve not only as a coach, but as a person. Because being a head coach is more than just about how much you know about X's and O's and whatnot. It's also about being a leader of men, a leader of grown men, as a matter of fact. So there has to be a level of respect. And you also have to be willing to put your ego aside. Josh McDaniels wasn't really able to do those two things his first go around in Denver. Now with the Las Vegas Raiders, he's learned. Hopefully he's matured. And with him having a lot of time sitting back as the OC for New England, hopefully he has improved in all of those areas because he's going to a Raiders team that does have a good amount of talent on the offensive side of the football. The offensive line is probably the biggest concern that I have, but you look at the receiver position, although it's not a lot of proven depth behind Devontae Adams, you got him who you just recently traded for from the Green Bay Packers Probably the best receiver in the NFL, depending on who you ask. Then you have Darren Waller, who is probably one of the three best tight ends that we have in the league, along with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Darren Waller also is in that conversation. Then you have Derek Carr. Derek Carr is coming off a really good season You probably could consider Derek Carr a top 10 quarterback based on how he performed last season because I think that the sole reason why Las Vegas was able to get into the playoffs was because of the play of Derek Carr. And Derek Carr doesn't have the greatest numbers when you go back and you look at the 2021 season for Derek Carr. Not really crazy, spectacular numbers, but the numbers don't show the impact that Derek Carr had for this team In big moments and big games late in the season, Derek Carr stepped up and made those big plays. And if he had a better group of wide receivers than what he had last season, he probably could have put up even better numbers. This season, with the addition of Devontae Adams, and hopefully you get Darren Waller able to stay fully healthy, then you have third and Winfrow there, Derek Carr could put up some video game numbers this season. And I'm not saying he's going to have a MVP caliber season. However, he should be able to put up Pro Bowl caliber numbers. Let's not forget, you still do have Josh Jacobs, who the Raiders declined the fifth year option for. And it's not because Josh Jacobs is a bad back, in my opinion. Maybe they just feel like he doesn't fit what they want to do long term offensively. However, I think you could consider Josh Jacobs to be a pretty solid halfback. And some of you guys may even consider him to be a top 10 hatback. And if you do, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But the defense side of the football is where a lot of the questions are going to lie. Because as we already know, the Raiders' defense has been pretty terrible for over the last decade and some change. However, last season, their defense did kind of hit a turning point. And although the defense wasn't great, it was okay. Under Gus Bradley, he did what he needed to do. The defense was good enough to get them to the playoffs, and the defense also made a couple of plays. However, the secondary has kind of been a big hindrance for why the Raiders have struggled to have success long-term on the defense side of the football. But you do have Chandler Jones, who you brought in, and you also have Max Crosby. So that's one of the best pass rushing duos that we have in the NFL. Then on top of that, you bring in Patrick Graham as your defensive coordinator. This was a huge Huge get for Josh McDaniels, and I did not see this coming. I thought that Patrick Graham was going to end up being the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and for those of you guys listening who are like, JT, who the heck is Patrick Graham? Patrick Graham was the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants under former head coach Joe Judge, and if you go back and you look at the statistics last year on the New York Giants defense, they're probably not going to be all that great. But that's not reflective of Patrick Graham. The reason why the numbers may be kind of skewed is because the Giants offense stunk last season. They were going three and out. And if they didn't go three and out, they either had a turnover. They had Jake Fromm starting at quarterback. They had pretty much everybody starting at quarterback. I could have played quarterback for the Giants. You could have played quarterback for the Giants. Your grandpa probably could have played quarterback for the Giants as well. The Giants offense was a complete mess. And they put their defense in a lot of tough situations. And eventually the defense ended up getting tired. They ended up getting gas. Do you know how annoying it is to be playing on the defense side of the football? You get a stop. And then three seconds later, you're right back on the field. It's so annoying. And for Patrick Graham, I knew it had to be really annoying. So him going to the Las Vegas Raiders is going to be a really good spot for him. And it's a really huge get for Josh McDaniels. And I was really surprised that he opted to decide to end up going to the Raiders, simply for the fact that the Steelers probably had a little bit more talent to work with. And there were probably a couple of other teams that were also in the running for Patrick Graham. So that kind of shows you that, He believes in Josh McDaniels. He believes in what Josh McDaniels is trying to build with the Las Vegas Raiders. On top of that, what you're getting out of Patrick Graham, you're getting somebody who is really smart. You're getting somebody who pays attention to the details. And like I mentioned, when it comes to Kevin O'Connell, somebody who pays attention to the small things, the small things, nobody really notices, but they add up into big things. And for Patrick Graham, you're going to have somebody who is going to maximize the current talent that the Raiders have on the defense side of football. Although they do have a lot of holes that they need to address, he's going to find a way to build the best defense possible with what he has. And his defense is pretty complex. I remember, uh, who was it? Was it Logan Ryan? It might have been Logan Ryan who appeared on the Herd, um, Colin Coward show on FS1 last year. And he was talking about how complex Patrick Graham's defense is and how it takes a little bit of a learning curve to really get acclimated to it. I kind of like hearing that. And I think that's kind of what Josh McDaniels likes about Patrick Graham also is about how complex his defense is. Because in New England, everything is always about details. Everything is always about trying to get the small advantage over your opponent when it comes to a strategic standpoint. And Patrick Graham probably may be one of the most strategic defensive coordinators that we have in the league like you you listen to some of the former players that have been coached by patrick graham and they say this guy his defense is super complex super nuanced and it's really all about intricacies and it's all about the small things doing the small things right i really like that and it's a big reason why i'm pretty high on the las vegas raiders this year and i'm going to give you guys a spoiler alert I don't think the Raiders are going to finish in last place in the AFC West this season. I'm not going to tell you who is, but I'm just going to say that the Raiders aren't going to be finishing in last place. And although it may be hard to believe because you're probably going to be like, well, JT, they're not talented as the Broncos, Chargers, and the Chiefs. I understand that. However, I really like the coaching staff. And having a good coaching staff can take you a long way because if you have a great coaching staff you're going to be able to make up for the lack of talent that you may have in certain areas because you can make up for it by strategizing, trying to minimize your weaknesses and maximize your strengths. That's part of being a great coach. For Josh McDaniels, we know what he's going to do on the offensive side of the football. His offenses were pretty solid when he was the head coach at Denver. We already know what he's done as the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. We knew that Josh McDaniels was going to get another opportunity for being a never head coach for another organization he had the opportunity to be the head coach for indianapolis he ended up going back to new england still did a pretty good job there very phenomenal job with mac jones did a good job with cam newton the previous season He knows offense. We're not worried about that. And I think your defense led by defensive coordinator Patrick Graham's is going to be in good hands. As a matter of fact, if you are a Raiders fan, this is the best defensive coordinator that you have probably had in decades. And I'm only 20 years old, so I don't know who the other great defensive coordinators the Raiders have had over the years. But I do know that Patrick Graham is probably the best one that you have had in a decade. So you guys let me know what are your first year expectations for Josh McDaniels and Las Vegas Raiders because for me, I think this team is going to be ultra competitive. I definitely feel like they're going to be around 8 to 10 wins this season. They definitely could eclipse 10 wins this year, but I'm not trying to give out no early record predictions, but this is definitely a team that has a better shot at making it to the postseason than what a lot of people are giving them credit for because there's another coach in this division that has a lot to prove and I'm not really all that high on him. And you guys can take a guess, but he's going to be the last coach that we talk about. But I'm really high on Josh McDaniels. I'm a, I'm big when it comes to giving people second chances. Because sometimes we have to look back on life and look back at where we went wrong and learn from our mistakes. You know, sometimes not everything in life is a L. Sometimes L's are actually lessons. And maybe Josh McDaniels having his first tenure as head coach for the Broncos going wrong may be a blessing in disguise because it was a lesson. So hopefully he can learn from that, improve on that, and end up being the guy that the Las Vegas Raiders are looking for at head coach because the Raiders have been going through head coaches over the last couple of years. And even then, John Gruden didn't really do all that much as the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. He just got this big long-term deal. And didn't do anything. No playoff appearances. Barely even had to win the season. I don't even think he had to win the season. Somebody let me know. I don't have the John Gruden stats in front of my face. But I think that Josh McDaniels definitely could do some big things with the Las Vegas Raiders. The talent's there. You have a really good defensive coordinator in Patrick Graham. I think the Raiders could be a really solid football team this season, but you guys let me know. I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Make sure you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel for more NFL videos and content. And I will see you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast shortly.